Welcome back to the fantasy podcast review, Crab Chat. <laughs> See what I mean? How hard it is to coordinate this? Yeah. There it is. I'm your host, Freddie Crabs. Alongside me in the studio this week is, uh, for the first time, the man that you know as Sid Phillips. Women know him as the 10-inch titan. His mother knows him as Morgan Armstrong, as the head coach and manager of The Claw. Making his debut on the microphone, Morgan, great to have you in the studio. How are you, mate? Yeah, cheers, Jared. Thanks for having me. As you can, uh, as you can hear in my voice, I'm very excited to be here. Mm. And I'm very nervous as well um, to make my debut, but it's uh, lovely to be here. We're, we've cracked open a lovely bottle of um, Juvidi. Uh, <laughs> 2007, bit of a drop, I must say. Um, if by a bit of a drop, I mean a bit of a shit drop, but that's okay. It's uh, it's taken the nerves off. Um, non-threatening is how we've described it. Yeah. It's a non-threatening wine. I certainly don't feel threatened. Uh, lovely to be here. Lovely to be joined by um, the man voted best podcast voice of 2020, mm. um, yourself. And uh, yeah, thanks for having me. Pleasure. And that's um, pretty much how I introduce myself these days to the people I meet. Uh, now, Morgs, mm. I was telling you before the podcast started just how hard it is um, with our limited budget mm. um, for AV, audio and visuals. Um, I hope you've got an appreciation now for coordinating my YouTube tab mm-hmm. for the Fox footy theme to wind that volume down, come in with my intro and get the words right while also trying to get Spotify going. Yeah. I do, um, I do have a good appreciation of that now. I watched it in action just then. Um, mm. I think I got inside your head by having that. You did, actually. beforehand. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if you edit that part out or not. Um, I think you should leave it in because we want to give the fans that raw experience that they deserve. <laughs> um, and the, the AV chat actually uh, brings me into my first first point I wanted to raise with you, Jared. Is, mm, uh, please. The, the, the playlist. I love it. love all the, the footy-related songs. A uh, little idea that popped into my head on the way here tonight was uh, that... All new guests on the podcast should have to make one new addition to the playlist each week. Love that. Um, Love that. I have a few ideas. Um, I can run them all by you now, or I can only give you one in case it ruins it for other people. Let's go with one. Let's go with one. Just with just with one. Yeah. Or I mean, that's going to be tough uh, to choose one of these four absolutely (laughs) bangers that I've thought of. Uh, One of them you've actually already got in there, so I can remove that. Okay. Um, One which I know I actually can't believe it is it it isn't on there because I've heard you play this before. Mm. Is um, I'm shipping up to Boston by the Dropkick Murphys. That's what 2008 AFL promo song, I believe. Best promo uh, you'll ever see. What a film. For, yeah. for any sport around the world, best promo you'll ever see, in my opinion. Um, I think that'll have to be my first edition. That's your first? Well, we've got to get three more appearances on the podcast then to get yeah. all four in. Yeah. And yeah. that is already in the playlist. Um, and then, as, again, we discussed before, which I may have got into your head with that as well, but we need to get this bad boy on shuffle each week because uh, yeah. you know, you're... 10 followers for this pod- <laughs> podcast are getting a, 11. Little, a, a little bored. Actually, I don't think Nathan listens, so let's call it 10. <laughs> yeah, I know it is a fault of mine. I think amongst all the panic with YouTube and Spotify, I always play the songs in the same order. So I've just shuffled it. And now we're treating our listeners to Savage Garden coming at number two with Truly Madly Deeply. Now, let's go into headlines here, Morgs. Um, got three to go through this weekend. So... Four points is four points. So Crustacean FC have become the latest club to join the elusive and exclusive list of clubs to pull off a win on a weekend 
where they post the second lowest score. So Jordan, if you're still out there, mate, there's 11 blokes here in this comp. We love you, we care for you, and we're here for you if you're struggling. And the lifeline number is 13 11 14. Uh, thanks, Jared. The, Play it uh, out. <laughs> suitable. <laughs> suitable for that headline. Uh, sorry, Dinger. Um, next headline, um, the harvest certainly does continue. Uh, Tony Gelati himself is ha having a big season in the spud shed, that's for sure. <laughs> there are so many spuds on uh, the mud crab ranch at the moment. <laughs> the new medical sub rule has certainly uh, been an interesting one, you know, both in the real life of footy and the fantasy world of footy. Um, you know, Carlton, we had Silvani out with the shoulder. Frio, rest in peace. Alex Pierce, mm. another uh, devastating injury for him once again with his knee. Also hamling with the ankle. Obviously, uh, you know, neither of those two are big fans. <laughs> <laughs> Alex Pierce, he's a pig. Pig uh, Pierce, they called him in high school. We had Adelaide uh, with Brown, his Achilles, Kelly concussion, Hinge shoulder, Geelong, Managola, his shoulder, Port, he had Bonner with his hammy, North Melbourne, Core with his toe, Taylor with his fucking head. And... <laughs> Gold Coast, again, sorry uh, to bring this up, Dinger, but Rao, <laughs> hashtag Rao got 16. Rao 16. Uh, that knee, which they reckon could be a PCL, but they're uh, secretly optimistic at the moment. We're waiting to hear more. Mm. Uh, but yeah, lots of spuds there. For me, it's Pierce and Rao. Just heartbreak mm -hmm. to come back in. And even Menegola, he's had a better on the injuries. Um, now, the last headline here is, um, I hate to do it, I'm going to keep it very brief, but... Sometimes we in the press, desperate for a scoop, make mistakes. And Crab HQ would like to make the following corrections from last week's podcast. Sam Draper is a cult hero and a solid late pick as a ruckman. Nick Hind, for reasons unbeknownst to me, is a genuine star. Googled him today, still had no idea who he is. I don't know how Kyle knew he was going to get 100. <laughs> Travis Boak is not too old for fantasy. And Jack Zebel was a good pick. All right, no more on that. I hate to talk about it. Just like to mention how good of a word unbeknownst is. I know. Do you know how hard that was to type? Look at that written. Yeah. Um, I can't say I've ever seen it written down before. Yeah, the K. Um, that's word of the week. Look at the K. <laughs> it doesn't belong there. Um, now, results. Let's run through the winners. Who's on the winners list this week, Morgs? Uh, so the first winner, we have Crustacean FC, yours, uh, yourself, Jared, there, mm -hmm. with a sneaky little win over STI, pubic lice. On a silver platter. Um, the next winner was uh, Jumbo Seafood, a Whaley special. Unfortunately, victorious over myself, the Claw. Curl mm. um, Herms Kreb uh, with a very, very narrow victory in a great game, probably the game of the round. Game of the round. Um, over yeah. the reigning premier of Watmar Crab, mm. Chicken Casserole himself. A bit akin to the uh, Adelaide win over Geelong. But mm. no, <laughs> Geelong went premiers, yeah. but that could have been. <laughs> Close. No, Close. no cigar. Had a try. Yeah. Had a try. We'll, we'll move on there. We'll, <laughs> we'll forget about that one. Uh, Fuck. The janitors, the proxy janitors, lost uh, to the Bowdens. Dunkley mm. and McRae coming up big for the Bowdens once again this year. Um, next, we had Amanda Chlorine getting off to a flying start with a big win over Los Bola aficionados. Mm. And in the last game there, Fisher by day, Hunter come night. Uh, Meraki with the win over the Canning River Scoopers, who uh, a low-scoring-ish game there, yeah, uh, yeah. Clo close one. Uh, well Went done. under the radar, I think, on Sunday because mm. everyone was looking at um, Krebs and Cass, but that wasn't 
out of possibility for Zach to win. Absolutely. And um, congratulations to Meraki for getting a win after finishing dead bottom last year. Mm, it's good to see that. He'll, he'll be uh, very, mm. very stoked with that. Yeah. Yeah. Literally, um, there it is. Tune. Is that a banjo? I think it might be. I like it. Uh, yeah, Running Premier has lost and the Wooden Spoon has won. So tables are turning in 2021. Didn't turn for me though. Didn't <laughs> not for all. I'm eleventh where I fucking belong. <laughs> uh, now looking at the ladder, so how do things stand now? Um, so Mandalorian, this is purely through percentage here. Mandalorian finds himself on top. Jumbo in second. The Crab in third. The Bowdens in fourth. The Fishers in fifth. Krebs in sixth. Casserole in seven. The Scoopers find themselves in eighth place. Janitors in ninth. Lice in tenth. The claw in 11th and LBA in 12th. And doesn't he hate it? Now, we're going to dive into um, looking at which players individually now, actual players, not, not clubs here, um, were the pigs for the weekend. So looking at the top 10 uh, individual performances. And not only that, but obviously it's the first round of the year and obviously there's a lot of speculation in the draft night and the weeks preceding the first round. So who's going to fire and who's not? And I think we're all aware that this was... A shock in terms of who was good and who was shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're going to see that reflected in the top 10's draft positions. So number one for the weekend was Andrew McGrath. So he's a midfielder. He's picked up by Chicken Casserole. He scored 141. Had a huge weekend. Chicken Casserole got him in round seven at pick 79. Bit of a steal if you ask me. Steal. McGrath was a ripper last year. I reckon mm-hmm. he could have been picked up a bit higher than round seven. His average draft position was I think 60. Mm. From memory. So Ben did get him almost 19 picks late um, and didn't that pay off. The second one is a stinker. We spoke about him at length, ad nauseum in the season preview with Robbo's janitors last weekend. Dom Sheed, the journeyman, the midfielder, 138, only three points behind top spot. He was picked up by Nathan. He was handed off to, who was second to have him? Miles, right? Yourself, Morgan? I actually didn't know that. I dropped him with about within about four seconds of picking him That's up. That's right. He was in and out. And then Kyle finds himself um, picking up Dom Sheed. But not only did um, yourself and Nathan drop Dom Sheed, Nathan got him in the last pick of the draft. Mm-hmm. Round 15, pick 180, Dom Sheed went to the Bowdens. Finds himself in Curl Herms Cribs, 138. Now, he was on about 100 with three minutes to go mm-hmm. and picked up some serious junk time yeah. points. He was marking everything across the middle of the ground. So he found a lot of late cheap ones, but a point's a point. Uh, who's in third place here? We've got Jack McRae, midfielder. Again, 130s. Um, another player who has been to the Bowdens. This time he stayed. And fittingly, um, as we expect for Jack McRae, he went round two, pick 13. One pick away from the first round. Um, Morgs, who's after McRae? Uh, so this is uh, another <laughs> n- notable fella, Jack Bowers. I must say, who the fuck is Jack Bowers? Never heard of him. Best uh, defender in the comp, apparently. Yeah. He, uh, he's a backman for the Gold Coast Suns. Um, he had, I believe, 30 touches, 28 of which were kicks. 
So, um, it took 10 you know, marks, I think. That, 10 or 11 marks. Yeah, and so, you know, if he was still on Dinger's team, Dinger shouting kick it at the screen, which I've witnessed many, many times, that, <laughs> would, that, that you know, would have been great to see. But however, he was not on Dinger's team. He was sitting in the fucking pool and he scored 135 for the pool. Mm-hmm. Um, was picked up by Dinger in round 11. Total number pick 130. Unfortunately, finds himself... Um, mm. in the pool now and everybody is spewing that this fella they've ne- probably never heard of is the top scoring defender with 135 this week and the fourth highest scorer of the round mm-hmm. absolutely and it's just begging the question with the RFA order are people going to jump on this or will be I mean he's going to go someone's going to pick him up absolutely I think will uh, myself or Nathan the two top picks be reactionary enough to grab a work after and one game you can guarantee he's getting a 52 next week exactly and that's why I'm hesitant but it makes you wonder now, so that's probably would have been Silver Decade alongside Dom Sheed. Round 11, mm-hmm. round 15, they both went. We've got yeah. Dusty Martin, midfielder forward. Went round two to Mando's. No surprises there. Played an absolute game. Three brown those, no question. And then the next one's a big surprise, Morg. So you got there. Mm, this is uh, Bailey Smith. He, uh, he's usually a midfielder. He certainly wasn't a midfielder on the weekend. He was a bench warmer on the weekend. Mm. Uh, picked up by the janitors. <laughs> round 12. <laughs> Pick number 150, which I think is actually also a bit of a steal for Bailey Smith, reckon, given, given yeah. his year last year. Yeah. I thought he might have gone a little bit higher than that. He has scored 131 for the janitor's bench. Uh, we, can, we, can, we, <laughs> we, we, we can get a little more on that later on, but uh, worth it, an honourable mention there. Yeah. Um, in after Bailey Smith, we have Shannon Hearn, the second highest scoring backman. Uh, he got 129 for pubic lice, so the hernia lives on. Um, was picked up in round nine. Total mm-hmm. pick number 106, not too shabby there. Um, who have we got in next year, Jared? We've got an absolute wild card playing for Jumbo Seafood Whaley Special. It's Jaden Stevenson. No one saw this coming. He's a forward. He scored 128 points. So he's the second highest scoring forward after Dustin Martin, who's dual position. So highest scoring sole forward. John got him at round 10, pick 117, which... Obviously, now Scrunch at 28 is a steal. I remember at the time John picked him, I laughed. I couldn't think, like, who on Jaden Stevenson after last year? New club. So many question marks. Bang. Mm-hmm. Repaid the faith. John gets a beautiful 128 points. Half the reason why John was a high-scoring team for the round. And then, rounding out the top 10, we've got Callum Mills in ninth. Uh, he scored 121 for Kel Hermsgrove. No surprises. Got round four, pick 40. He's pretty good last year. Yeah, agreed. Um, good pick by Krebs. And then last 10th uh, for the Pigs, Rory Laird, another backman for yourself, Jared. Yeah. Um, he got 119 for you, and you got him uh, round one. He's the um, only pick. round one pick He's in the a, top 10. He certainly is. Um, um, with obviously a mild exception for Jack McRae being one pick outside the top round. Mm-hmm. Only top round to go top 10. It is interesting. Um, also worth mentioning, this round we had 43 total players scoring 100 or more. Wow. Which have no idea where that rates in the record books. Just thought, it was <laughs> worth, just thought it was worth mentioning. That could be a huge stat. It could be the most um, nothing it, stat. <laughs> I hit, 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 this adds a little more to that stat though. 12 of those 43 players mm-hmm. were free agents. Which wow. is over a quarter of them being free agents. I think that's quite a... Again, no idea where that rates in the record books, but it feels big. Well, here at Crab HQ, we've always loved seeing which free agents go bang. Because mm-hmm. it always means they'll go on Tuesday in the RFA. Mm-hmm. That's it. And um, as we all knew on draft night, 
forwards, there was fuck all going, to be honest. Everybody was really, really struggling, and mm-hmm. the top 10 pigs of this round really proved that. Yeah. Uh, Jaden Stevenson, the wild card in there as a forward. Mm. I guess you can call Dusty, the old Dustpan Martin, a forward there. He mm. was playing forward for Mando, but other than that, yeah. stacked with mids and a few backs, mm-hmm. and no Ruckman. No uh, Ruckman. Worth mentioning. No. And that leads us on to the next section, which is um, looking at what happened. So those who went round one, there's 12 of them, 12 players went round one in the draft this year, what my crab. We're going to look what their scores were, and this is just bewildering. I don't think I've ever seen anything like this for the top round. So what happened here, Morks? Who went? Gorn was number one. Uh, yeah, Gorn was Gorn in the first round to myself, um, and he scored a very measly 73 for me on the weekend. Yeah. Um, very disappointing, especially as he was my captain. That was pretty much the game for you, I reckon. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, you, you expect anywhere between 110 and 130 from yep. Gorney week in, week out. Mm-hmm. Um, he really dropped the bundle on this one. Yep. Um, he might be, he might consider the captaincy gone next week. Ooh. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. Don't have many other options, to be honest. <laughs> Why would you take it off? <laughs> Uh, second, uh, we've mm. got Brody Grundy, the next big dog ruckman. He got an uh, 85. Pretty underwhelming as well, if I'm honest, uh, from Grundy. Again, he, you always expect about 120 from him, um, the big man. So mm. no good. Uh, who do we have next, Jared? Uh, so in third round, sorry, yeah, third pick was Jake Lloyd. Uh, he went 76. That and was it, to the Mandalorians. Yeah, but again, he usually goes... Easy over 100 each week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he averaged 111 last year, yeah. or I don't know, maybe more. Um, so that was a huge disappointment for Mandos. And then even bigger disappointment was that was Lockie Neal, mm. who was number one or two last year for fantasy. Uh, num- hey, yeah, he was number two, wasn't he? After Behind Gorn? Gorn? I yeah. think, yeah, he was up there with Gorn, top two. So he went fourth pick, which we were saying the podcast last week would have been just an absolute surprise treat for John in number four to get Neal. 68. I thought I was um, in for a bit of a win when I saw Neil getting 68 for yep. Jumbo on the weekend. I was very excited about that, but obviously yep. offset by Gorn being a cunt. <laughs> exactly. So. Yeah. And then in the fifth position was Whitfield, who we knew was not playing mm-hmm. with liver, liver laceration, but it still yeah. adds to this measly first round picture. That Taranto 2.0, really, from mm-hmm. Rocky there, picking up another non scorer in the first round. Yeah. However, luckily, Hate still got away it. with the win. Now, I'm going to go grab a decanter and see if it does anything for this... Um, Juvidi. Juvidi 07 Cab Sav Tempraneo. Morgs, you keep going, mate. Alrighty. Uh, so, next, uh, pick six went to the janitors, Zach Merritt. Uh, he was awesome with 111. Um, he... Yeah, very good pick there at pick six, I think. Um, next, we have a stinker to the casseroles. He picked up Riley O'Brien. Um... You know, we know he's in love with him. Um, maybe scared that the two top Ruckman were gone. And so we quickly jump in there. O'Brien scored a very dog shit 51 this week. <laughs> um, making him another disappointing round one pick. Um, which rolls us into another disappointing round one pick. Pick eight for the Canning River Scoopers. Um, steel side bottom. <laughs> and the new hashtag trending, Steel Got Zero. It's, uh, <laughs> we knew he wasn't playing it either, but... Uh, sh- shit one there from Zach. Pick nine. Now here's a you know an interesting topic for the week. Dangerfield, not a bad pick at pick nine. He got ninety six, which is pretty good. However, he murdered someone on the weekend. <laughs> what was that noise? That, that's the sound of the um, 
the aerator from Vinvocay makes when you pour wine through it. Yeah, right. It does catch the uh, listener off guard. <laughs> so what were you saying? Dangerfield? Uh, yeah, Dangerfield. So um, I'm not sure if you saw the bump on the weekend or not. It, very was... reminiscent of Nat 5 2013. Mm, uh, yeah. 14. Yeah, yeah. 14. I, you hate to see it. You know, a, a Brownlow contender, one of the great players in the game, mm. um, electing to bump... I I defend the decision to bump. I love a good bump. I think I think that is the sound of Chris Scott in in the coach's box when he saw Dangerfield do that bump. Yeah. To be honest, because he knew his um, previous Brownlow medalist and probably best player on the field is going to be rubbed out for. I'm going to go with two weeks. I think for those ones where you choose to bump, you yeah. make head to head contact. It's headed straight to the tribunal. Obviously, they'll appeal it, but I reckon Danger's mm. looking at two weeks there, so Kyle will be spewing. Yeah. He got him at pick nine. So he's zero next week. He, yeah, and maybe the week after that. I agree, yeah. Well, five got two weeks every year, so... Yeah, and it's yeah similar similar flavour there. Um, pick ten, we had Clayton Oliver going to Pubic Glass STI FC. He was a, a pretty good pick-up at pick ten. I think he got 107. Pretty solid there. Mm-hmm. Uh, followed by pick 11, Rory Laird. We've already... Briefly mentioned him before to yourself, Crustaceans. He yeah. got a big 119, the highest scoring player in the first round uh, yeah. from all the first round picks. Mm-hmm. And then 12th, Josh Dunkley, 107 to the Bowdens. Um, pretty nice score from Dunks there after his um, injury prone season last year. And then worth mentioning that the Bowdens got McRae. Um, mm-hmm. The very next pick, who got pick a, uh, a whopping 135. That's it. And that wraps up our first round pick plus one. So the tail end of that does pick up 96, 106, and then a few other 100 pluses. But just that first eight picks, you have two DNPs, and the rest of them don't get above 80. For your first eight picks for the draft, is just insane. Yeah. So there's some pretty um, miserable scenes there for the yeah. draft this yeah. season. Hopefully that's only first round jitters and the boys find their form. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you don't include the DNPs, I think the, the three biggest stinkers there... Mm-hmm. Um, Neil, followed by Gorn, followed by O'Brien. Agree. O'Brien 51 is insane. Yeah. Yeah. Unheard of, really. Like, at least Grundy got an 80. But yeah, 50 is just mark. Yeah. Now, you got some other mentions here, honourable mentions, Morgan? Yeah. Just, um, I've written them down as notable, notable tons that made you think, what the fuck? Uh, first one, <laughs> first one was Tex Walker. Yeah, no shit. He had a monster game, which made you think, mm. you know, this is how the bloke was playing five or more years ago. Um, I think he scored four goals by halftime, eh? Yeah, and it, five. It, it was it was fun to watch, um, you know, back to his sort of power forward self, but yeah. in terms of from the fantasy, fantasy world, I thought, what the fuck? Fuck a hey, mate. Yeah, agreed there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it just makes me think of Bruce McAvaney with his call in free, against Freo in the 2012 um, semi-final where Walker got the the, uh, the ceiling goal Ross Lyon's first year with Frio mm-hmm. and McAvaney's commentary was cometh the hour cometh Tex oh, and yes. I oh. I vomited in my mouth <laughs> um, poor Bruce anyway um, some other notable tons that made you think what the fuck Nunes um, didn't see that one coming and also unlucky to Robbo who dropped him 
um, immediately after picking him up from the pool. <laughs> uh, Membry with more than a ton. Bowers, we've already mentioned. Motlop, you'd never see that coming. McDonald from yeah. Melbourne, mm-hmm. he's not a ton player. And then, again, already mentioned Stevenson. So there's uh, sort of six or seven players that you just would never see getting a ton in fantasy. That is good insight. Yeah, I don't mind that at all. Surprise tons. Jack Nunes. Yeah. He got 104, I think. Yeah. And he was in in the pool. Yeah. I was dangerously close to getting him. <laughs> I think talked out of it by Kyle. <laughs> um, I can always blame Fake Knife yeah, for, the, for, for these ones. Um, didn't get him, got Liam Ryan instead. Rest in peace. Um, and yeah, Nunes got 104. Unbelievable. Well, there you go. So that's the uh, deep dive into top 10 for the week. The first round draftees and some surprise tons. Let's move away from the players for a moment now and go back to the actual fantasy fixtures, looking at the clubs v. clubs, um, and talk through and dissect the results a little bit more. So we know who's won, but let's look at what went wrong and what went right for the teams that won or lost. So the first one, the first uh, fixture for the weekend, I think we all know what happened here. This was um, Pubic Lice STIFC versus myself, Crustaceans FC. And this was not so much a matter of what went right for me, but what went wrong for Jordan. Um... And we are going to touch on that a bit more in a, um, a fan favourite segment soon. So I won't spoil it too much. But I think it's suffice to say that Dinger just... just oh, no words. A, an absolute nightmare. No to be words. Honest. Whereas on my behalf, I was the second lowest score for the round. Only just behind um, Simo with 9.31. I was 9.28. Um, Rory Laird pulled me over the 900 mark, I think, with a huge 119. And luckily, Captain Zorko in the dying minutes when Jed Anderson wasn't named helped me get 190 as a captain. Apart from that, Blake Akers and Hugh Greenwood combined for about 80 as two of my starting mids, mm-hmm. which is part of my problem. It, to be honest, apart from my midfield being, I think, the worst performing midfield in the competition this week, 82 for Guthrie, 73 for Setterfield replacing Anderson, and then 39 and 53 for Akers and Greenwood. Yeah. Apart from that, backs were good, ruckman's good, forwards are good. Things can only go up for the crabs. That's my optimistic view on things. Yeah, no, you are. You're dead right there, Jared, with your midfield being the lowest scoring in the comp. <laughs> uh, grand, grand total of 247. <laughs> now, we can argue that that is skewed because you don't have a captain in the midfield, which is, which is, which is often the case. Uh, but yes, thank God you didn't, and that you have the lowest scoring midfield there, 247. Um, worth mentioning that Dinger actually had the highest scoring defence this round. Uh, with a total of 303. Good on you, Dinger. He had Dan Houston, 82. The Hernia, 129. And then he's looped in May for 92. Um, <laughs> could have kept Bowers with 135 there instead. Um, however, uh, we don't need to talk about that anymore. I think Dinger's probably been thinking about it ever since. <laughs> um, and then Dinger... Um, Similar to yourself there, Jared, on the uh, topic of scoring quite low. He had the lowest scoring forward line. Um, total score of 154. He had Dugowie, 61. Elliot, 58. Jenkins, 35. Wow. Pretty shit. Mate, if his back line didn't fire, mm. that would have been <laughs> sub-800, no doubt. Yeah, so, this, so that was essentially the Battle of the Spuds this round that in was. terms of... <laughs> Low scoring. That was a spud derby. Mm-hmm. Looking at the next fixture, we had the Claw Yourself versus Jumbo Seafood, a Whaley special. Um, as you mentioned already, looking at the number one draft pick, Max Gorn, um, failing to launch. That was mm. the nail in your coffin. 
because um, him with another 100 points would have brought you within um, yeah. tickling distance and of John. you add in Vlosten not getting injured and adding another, even just another 30 to his dog shit 35. Yeah. And that's all of a sudden a very, very huge game. Um, you would have been, yeah. Very close it would have been, but... It would have been touching dicks of John. And I think... And that's, that's hard to do. That's hard yeah. to... That's long <laughs> way to reach. Now, because apart from that, look, your back line was fantastic. Maynard and Rich both at 90s. Midfield was solid, nothing um, massive in there. I don't think any midfielders went above 100, but three of them in the 90s. Mm, 100 on the bench, though, for Billings. Thanks for that, mate. But Kerno 99, he's only yeah, yeah, close enough. Whereas John um, was what could have been for you, essentially. He had the sort of ball bouncing his way, picked the right captain, Bont went 100 plus, Tim Kelly was big in the middle, Doherty good down back, um, and then down forward, obviously, had um, Stevenson. Out of, it was just, out of nowhere. To be honest, John had no one big performance, really, apart from Stevenson's surprise one. He was just good across all lines, and he posted a 10.70, and that's the sort of... Highest score of the round. So high score of the round, it shows you don't need a star-studded team to do it. You just need mm-hmm. no one to sput up. Yeah. And John had no one sput up. He just had everyone sort of pull their weight. His worst score was Fritch down four with 66. That's pretty good. And when 66 is your lowest score, you're having a good week, mm-hmm. uh, which John did. Um, number one for the round. So well done, Johnny. Mm-hmm. Uh, Anything else on that one? No, that's uh, that's all I had to mention there. Um, that takes us on to the third game. Uh, we had Curl Herms Kreb, 1,065 versus Chicken Casserole, 1,041. As mentioned before, game of the round in my opinion. It was close. They were neck and neck the whole time. Um, Curl Herms Kreb getting over the line with the huge game from Sheed. Yeah. Um, the last yeah. game of the round there. That, uh, you know, 138 from a man who was picked last in the draft into the pool, out of the pool, into the pool, out of the pool. That man has been... <laughs> he's a wet boy. How many times he was in that pool? Um, and he's made Curl Herms Kreb very wet this weekend as well. Uh, 1,065 total score there, getting him over the line. Um, yeah. Big midfield in general for Curl Herms Kreb. He had Mitchell captained to 212. Mm. Um, oh, actually, two uh, shitty ones in the middle there, though, that evens it out a bit. Trelaw, underwhelming 59. Yeah. Menegola, unfortunately, with that shoulder, he only got 66. And Trelaw is one of those ones, because I, I said it on the pod last week. This is the one thing I didn't need to correct. I said Trelaw won't go bang, but I'm happy to be convinced otherwise. And sure he didn't. He got 59. And I can sit here now and say, I can told you. But he easily could have got, you know, in that sort of game, 110. And then it'd be another sort of story. So mm-hmm. I can't blame Kyle for putting Trelaw starting mid. He's even got the V on him. So Kyle was confident he was mm. going to go large. But yeah. um, the question still remains. And it's going to take a few rounds to be confident whether or not Trelaw can share points with mm. Dunks and McRae. Dunks, McRae, Bond. Even, and, even, even Hunter. Hunter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so. that's the, the, the Bulldogs have some big, big mids there. Mm-hmm. Um, across the rest of Kyle's team, Mills went big, 121. Hind, as mentioned before, how the fuck did he get 100? He got looped in. Who? <laughs> Hind. What <laughs> <laughs> last name is Hind? <laughs> yeah, it's a great quizzy. Nick Hind. I don't have an answer for you there, sorry. Um, Casserole had a few big players as well. Crisp was good with 91. Caleb Daniel, 111. Jack Steele, an underwhelming captain, only 156 with the captain. Um, mm. However, yeah. Boak and McGrath, massive, 109 and 141 respectively there. Yeah. That really, I mean, you can, you can always try lose. and pick one thing, but that one thing 
cost Ben the game. Yeah, the captaincy yeah, on, he's on got, steel. He's got Boke and McGrath both going massive. He's mm-hmm. picking on bloke. Yeah. Um, anyway, that's a big game. That was entertaining to keep track of the scores in that last round there because we had Shepard on the casseroles essentially against Sheed yeah. uh, for Kerl Holmes Kreb and it was uh, yeah, fun, fun to watch those scores tick over while I was a corpse on the couch mm. um, refreshing my phone 17,000 times yeah. per, per minute. I thought that was a lot of uh, intrigue and Shepard was going right to the line with, with Sheed but as we said before Mm, in those last, in those last few minutes, she just yeah racked him up and kicked um kicked curl into a convincing lead, and that I think what's the margin there? Twenty four points doesn't tell the full story. It could have easily been the other way around. Absolutely. Um, our next game of the round was Janitors and Bowdens. Um, now Janitors just fell fifty five points shy of the Bowdens here, so not too big a margin again. Um, both teams were in it. And we expected, oh, I personally expected a bigger score from Bounds because I was really sucking his dick in the podcast last week. I thought his team was hot to trot, but he was the victim of another under-firing midfield, I think, mm. um, the Bounds. His yeah. um, captaincy really paid off for him. He picked the right one of those four, McRae with 135, double for 270. Otherwise, his other three starting mids all went below 90. Mm. Kniggs and O'Meara, 85, 88. And then Kennedy, 59. Yeah, so you don't expect a 59 from Kennedy most weeks. That's... Just, yeah, that's the thing. And one slip up there by Nathan picking the wrong one of those mids as captain mm-hmm. would have cost him the game. Absolutely. Um, strong forward line for Nathan, though. Um, picking up a bit of a slack. Caldwell with 104 and Dunks with 107. That's massive. I would never have thought Jai Caldwell... I couldn't tell you who it was for the round start. Oh, yeah, no. Who the fuck is he? Yeah. Bit of an Essendon um, story at the moment, isn't it? Hind, Draper and Caldwell. Mm. Other side of the fence was the janitors. Um, Alira Lear, surprisingly, <laughs> didn't fire. <laughs> um, 44. Proxy's curse. Alira Lear um, gives a 44, but otherwise, Short and Clark both went 90s in Robbo's back line. Mm. So a lot to like down back. Just needs to find a replacement yeah. for um, the uh, man so nice they named him twice. But you know they do say don't trust a man whose uh, surname is first name. <laughs> <laughs> don't trust a man who has two first names. <laughs> oh, and, and he's certainly got both of them. Fuck. He's a shady character. Now, um, <laughs> the midfields here are very similar. Again, Tim's got one bloke who fired, Zach Merritt, and he picked him as captain. Other than that, his three other starting mids all went below 70. So, similar to Nathan there. They just picked the right captain each. Mm-hmm. I think otherwise could be very um, low scores for them this mm-hmm. week. And is this, uh, is this a good time to bring up Robbo's bench, or should that come in the later segment, do you think? I can hit him now. Hit him, hit him now. Um, so, no, you know, nobody's nobody's score taken. Libba, not even an emergency, but he got 103. And then Bailey Smith, emergency, not looped, 131. And, and this is, you know, you, mm. you think I've got a 60, I've got a 67, mm-hmm. I've got a 68 on the field with a juicy little 131 sitting on the bench there. That instantly wins the janitors the match. If it would have won the game. If he has him on instead of, say, Warple or Berry, which you would, mm. to be honest, 
I may have done, I may have done that. Would you have dropped one of them? I, well, I, I think Bailey Smith is a top class player and he would be in my starting lineup every week. But personally. Tim would have had to delist Adams and Walpole or Berry. Um, and that's Tim sort of just copying the loss this week to keep them in the lineup. Mm. Um, and maybe Tim wasn't confident that he'd be able to beat Bowders this week and thought he wouldn't want to drop one of those blokes to loop on Smith to just lose the game anyway. Mm. 2020 hindsight, he would have just crawled across the line actually mm. um, by about 20 points actually won if he did loop in Smith. Um, but again, hard to tell during the weekend so can't blame him too much. But yeah, definitely a nomination for the Dickens, I would have thought. Mm-hmm. Nomination at least. Now, the next game we got here, which is the last one for the weekend, is... Oh, sorry. Am I right? No, I'm wrong. Second last. Second last. Is the... Uh, the Dick Sucking Derby. It's the two Bump brothers, Simon and Sam, uh, LBA and Mandaclorian. They were just rimming each other on draft night, helping each other out with who to pick. Now, it didn't pay off for Simon, unfortunately. He's given Sam the win with that help because he's been... Triple dick to you, geez, 122 point margin. Possibly the biggest margin for the weekend. Yeah, it is. Sam's on top, Simon's on the bottom. This was the shellacking, and Simon um, was very vocal in the group chat over the weekend about how it wasn't his fault, which I'm very guilty of doing whenever something goes wrong. I make sure everyone knows about it. Mm-hmm. Um, it happened even before the round started. Simo lost Matt Crouch. Um, I think he also lost someone else. Scrimshaw? Or... Scrimshaw, has he been. Oh, yeah, here's another one. Oh, this was, yeah, the story of Simon's weekend, which I think Dinger pointed out for everyone to notice, is mm. that um, Simon copped a zero. Copped a DMP, something you'd see once a season, if ever. Um, Jack Scrimshaw on field did not play, and his bench defender, Zach Williams, also DMPs, um, and Simo cops the L. He gave a reason. I can't remember what he said. What was his excuse? Uh, didn't want to... Um, Oh, that he was dumb as fuck and just doesn't know how to play fantasy. I think, I think that's what yeah. he said. He said, I'm dumb as fuck. I don't know how to play fantasy. That's right. Good memory. <laughs> um, otherwise, the Simo, what's he done here? He's got Kelly as captain who didn't really launch. Um, Simpkin, he was talking Simpkin a big game mm. at the Pentagon at the shoe. It wasn't Pentagon this year. It was more of a long table. Um, but mm. talking a big game for Simpkin, he only got 65 Obviously, Grundy was the heartbreak story for Simo. Um, went number two in the draft and got 85. And otherwise, yeah, nothing else really exciting happening. So he was only three points away from matching me in the 920s. How about Sam? What went right for Sammy? Um, he had Taranto captain. Good choice there. He got a total of 206 with the captaincy on there. Pretty solid across the midfield in general. Lions 95, Cripps 87, Parrish 81, and then... Uh, the big winner down forward, Dustpan Martin with 131. Huge. Yeah, absolutely huge. Very solid. Now, I'm just going to go off on a tangent here briefly. Just looking at Simo's backline, he's got Jack Lacocious, who scored 105. And my question off the top of the dome right now is what is happening at Gold Coast in their backline? They've lost the game. They had a good crack at it, though, against the Eagles. But Bowers, 135, mm. and then Lukosius with 105. It's, uh, it's some big scoring backmen there, and, you know, <laughs> backs are hard to come by. Stalling while my internet loads. 
What else happened? The ball, the ball is down there a lot when you play against the Eagles at Optus. I'll give them that. It, this might not be a uh, recurring theme for them. This is the thing the back line. It's one thing for the ball to be down there a lot. It's another thing to actually take possession and control it. And I think I did hear the commentary on the weekend was that um, I think Pat was actually analysing that Gold Coast are doing to Eagles or Eagles to other teams, which is that control possession footy coming out of the back line. So mm-hmm. I think a lot of Mark kicks of Bowers. Yeah. The coach well, has been a def- beneficiary as Mark, well. Markov is another defender and he got 108. So that's three mm-hmm. defenders over a ton. For and then long. Sam Collins, ex Freo boy, who's now in the leadership group, mm-hmm. 2020 BNF for Gold Coast, 93 as a key backman. Mm-hmm. Um, he had a lot of the ball. So there's four of them. Um, going huge. Lockie Well is also a halfback flanker. That's true. 86 for that. Yeah. Uh, another ex Freo player. So something to look at there um, in the next few weeks if that trend continues for the Gold Coast back line, if that gameplay of controlled possession uh, correlates into points. This is the sort of intel you don't get on the podcasts. And last week, uh, the last game of the week was um, the second lowest uh, total for a match. Two blokes going below a thousand here was Meraki and Zach, Fishers and the Scoopers, the two fishermen. Um, a lot went wrong for these two as well. Luckily, Meraki found the right captain here with Hunter, um, doubling one fifteen to two thirty. Whereas Zach had Andrew Gaff, who I think for the first three quarters was AWOL. Mm. Um, found a lot of the ball in the fourth quarter to try and bring his score back up to seventy. I think mm. it was literally. In the 20s, yeah. in the second half yeah, at one yeah, point. Yeah, I think 34 at uh, three-quarter time. 34 at three-quarter time. So he doubled his score in the fourth quarter to try and save face for Zach. But it was way too little, way too late. And that was easily the one thing. That's a 90-point difference between the captains in a 20-point loss. Mm-hmm. Um, so Gaff definitely did Zach this weekend. Yeah, strong midfield other than that for Zach. Pendles, 93. Walsh, 95. Sarong, 85. That's pretty solid. Um Bit dog shit down forward. Dixon only 44. Bailey only 58. Mm. Fantasia looped in um, with not a bad 81, though, to bring that up a little bit. Mm. And then Zach was very strong down back. 106 to Williams. 83 to Ryan. 90 to Ridley, but just not enough because of Gaffey, unfortunately. Yeah. A lot of good back lines going around this year mm-hmm. um, across many teams. So I think forwards are dead and defenders are a new big thing. I think it's been trending that way for a little bit now. But... Um, looking at Charlie Dixon down forward for Zach on 44, I'm pretty sure, I might be wrong here, but I saw on the app early in the second quarter, I think Dixon was on two. <laughs> and I had no sign of touching the ball anytime soon. So. Mm-hmm. And they pumped North by 60, 70 odd points. Exactly. So you would expect exactly. him to be scoring well. Had those days sometimes. Um, and that was the round that was. That's the sort of deep dive into um, what went wrong, what went right. Now, Morgs, you've got to talk us through um, going across those lines, like I was touching on there with the back, uh, back lines being good this year. Mm. You're going to go across the lines and tell us whose back line uh, was top and bottom, whose mid was top and bottom, rucks and forwards. So who won and who lost each line this week? Um, so already briefly mentioned Dinger's team, um, Pubic Lice. He had both the highest scoring defence, 303, and the lowest scoring forward line, 154. He's taken one of each on that one. Um, the lowest scoring defence was Simo because of that zero. He only got 171 mm-hmm. uh, along the back line there. Um, we move up to the mids. As already mentioned again, yourself, Crustaceans, 247 only in the uh, in the midfield. And 
you are you'll be gobsmacked at this score. Your counterpart, the highest scoring midfield, the Bowdens, five hundred and two, more than double what your what your midfield must Fuck. do. That's got to bring a tear to your eye. Oh, well, that was McRae as captain, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, and I think McRae as captain was my midfield. Yeah, yeah, that's Literally. actually higher. It's two hundred and seventy versus two forty-seven. So. <laughs> Um, you'll feel a little bit better though that you had the highest scoring forward line with 334 yeah. um, I don't have ruck data on me at the moment due to some technical difficulties however <laughs> uh, I'm off the, off the top of my head um, Ooh, we've got Lysett with 88 here yeah I think he would, might actually be up there uh, Grundy with 85 so Lysett's still in front um, Goldstein 90 yeah, Goldstein's are high. So we've so we've overcome the technical difficulties that I uh, mentioned before. We have Flynn with uh, ninety nine. I d- does he belong to anybody? No, there? I've never heard of him before. All right. Oh, he's um the Gold Coast. Go- no, no GWS. GWS. Yeah, he's um, a free agent. Hickey, I also don't believe belongs to anyone with ninety two, and then Goldstein ninety. So yeah, Robbo had the highest scoring um, ruckman there, mm-hmm. and uh, we're we're. Real technical difficulties here. I'm not sure who got the lowest scoring um, Ruckman. It may have been O'Brien with 51. Oh, I'd say so. How much am I older than that? Um, who would have thought it? Not me. Especially <laughs> in the first round. Yeah, O'Brien Casserole will be spewing. And that's, yeah, again, that was on a loss as well. So it's even more. Um, now, there's no question about who uh, copped the round one vote for the 2021 Dickens medal, which we can now say is an official medal, um, has been made up, is mm-hmm. currently around the neck of Nathan Emerald, wherever in he, the country he is. He's probably using that on himself after how his midfield <laughs> performed on the, on the weekend. I know I would be. Hectic. Um, now, we've already mentioned there was a honourable mention to Tim. Um, for not looping in Smith, which cost him a game. Mm-hmm. And now he's starting season 0-1 instead of 1-0, which is definitely textbook Dickens nomination. Mm-hmm. But this week, there's no question who gets the nom this week. This is the bloke who's um, been on a suicide watch. I think Zach's gone around and checked on him just to make sure he hasn't um, done the deed, hasn't run the hot bath and pulled out the roses. But uh, Jordan Dinger of Pubic Lice STIFC fame was once the coach of when the gorn get tough, the tough get gorn. Uh, he's had a few shit names over years, but that's when it really comes to mind. Everything went wrong. Everything went wrong. So it started with, uh, well, I'm not sure how actually the chronological order went, but firstly, <laughs> the biggest thing is Rao got 16. Mm-hmm. This is off the back of Rao got zero. Rao first game back, he started hot as well. He was crushing yeah, packs. He was yeah. getting a lot of it. He did. He always looks good out there. He does. He's always dangerous, I think, Matt Rao. That wasn't to be. Um, fucked his knee, and then Calvin sixteen. That really dicked um, Dinger. Not only that, he also had Tom Rockcliffe in the middle. Dinger found out the hard way during the round that if someone comes on as a medical sub, their score does count. Mm-hmm. Sure enough, Rockcliffe got started as a medical sub uh, yeah. and came on. In the second half at yeah, some point. With, I think his, he averaged something like 110 last year. Yeah. Unreal. Picked up in, I think, the second round for Dinger. Yeah, got um, a good point. Yeah. And, and, and for him to come on as a medical sub, being a player of that calibre, and then yep. got him 27, that's it stings. So he's got Rockcliffe and Rao, 27 and 16 in the and middle. Still on the topic of Rockcliffe, uh, mm-hmm. Dinger was discussing with a few of the lads 
uh, pre all the games on Saturday asking who he thinks is a good captain option. Um, the <laughs> options were, we were thinking, so if the names Dinger threw at us for a bit of an opinion was Oliver, Fife and Rockcliffe. Um, wow. Zach did mention that Rockcliffe would be a great choice as captain playing against North Melbourne because they would be pumping them. Good analysis. Um, Dinger said he liked what he heard and I yeah. believe he was dangerously close to oh my God. captaining Tom Rockcliffe. Can you imagine? He would have had to be like finger quick to change it once he saw Rockcliffe was medical stars mm-hmm. onto um, his loophole. Mm-hmm. Which is saying that Dinger did this weekend. He did use a loophole. Now he wanted to bring in he wanted Clayton Oliver to captain. Mm-hmm. So he's left the vice captaincy on Clayton Oliver and he's um made sure his bench defender, Stephen May's 92 counts. He's got the same thought process that anybody in the league would have had. Right, I want to loop in Stephen May. I've got this nobody down back, Jack Bowers. So I've got late in the draft. I'm going to delist Bowers, bring in Aiden Fife, who wasn't playing for Gold Coast, mm-hmm. as a um, DMP defender on the field. He's up for trade this week. He's up for trade. Yep, Matt Tabernard. He has um, given him the captaincy. He's looped in Stephen May. He thought, fuck, how good am I? I'm going to win this game. And I think, what's this? Bowers got 135. May got 92. So that's a 43-point swing. Mm-hmm. Not quite the game. <laughs> Not quite. But if you, if you take combine, into account, yeah. Rockcliffe's 27 and Rowell's 16. Mm-hmm. Tell you what. If, those, if he had Bowers in, that's 40 points. Mm-hmm. Rockcliffe 110 that's another 80 points that's 120 mm-hmm. and Rao another 80 points for 100 Dinger should have scored about 1060 this week mm-hmm. he would have been enjoying himself some lobster for dinner after that instead he got 859 and the best thing is I just remembered this now <laughs> to steal off the Dickens the icing on the cake me and Dinger had a side bet <laughs> I forgot all about it Dinger has to post, if his mental health needs nothing, it's not this. I post a video of himself on Instagram with the caption, been practicing my cartwheels during lockdown, what do you guys think? And a montage of him cartwheeling through the city with different backgrounds. <laughs> oh. Oh, has Ben even posted? I'm thinking that oh, he has the eggs. Oh, that was so weak by Ben. Mm. Yeah. So what I'm Dinger. That's why I forgot about it. One vote, Jay Dinger, for mm. the Dickens. And speaking of the Dickens, um, a thought that I've had this week about... Um, now, this is more of a discussion point, not a mm-hmm. not setting down you know a silver platter idea here. It's more of just some ideas around. Is I'm a, a, a new segment. Um, I have been in discussions with Beyond Blue this week. They said they are willing to sponsor our podcast. Amazing. Uh, for this new segment that I've put forward that is called Suicide Watch. Mm-hmm. Um, each week, the uh, the podcast guest and the host, yourself, Jared, yep. would put in a 3-2-1 for Suicide Watch. Oh. The thought of who is most likely to commit suicide after this week of fantasy. It's a bit similar vibes to the Dickens because, yep. say you, that. because usually... If you're doing something that awards you a Dickens nomination, yep. you're probably thinking about killing yourself as well because mm-hmm. they do go hand in hand. However, making it more of an official 3-2-1. Okay. Um, and just a little addition there because Beyond Blue were willing to chip in for the uh, 
a sponsorship there. Okay, that's uh, good. And then the other idea, again, this is all for discussion, yep. is uh, the emergency of the week, which usually is a loop. Um, or conversely, we could have it emergency of the week because you didn't make them an emergency and something oh, like what Robbo did with a 131 with Okay. Um, so there, there were sort of a couple, couple of little uh, discussion points I wanted to raise there while we're on the topic of the Dickens. Well, this is why I love bringing in cameos for. They bring in some fresh ideas. I think what I love the most is that we've got a new song in the um, potty each week and potentially two new segments. Often guests will come in and they'll bring a segment with them and they'll take it home with them. But you all want to bring a segment and leave them behind. Mm-hmm. What I think is important in this um, democracy that is what my crab is that we put things to the poll. So we'll have this on the poll tomorrow morning at the time of Spotify release. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll see what the boys think about those two segments. I like the idea of having the 321 for Suicide Watch. It recognises the Dickens. And it also starts to recognise those honourable mentions that we have. Because mm-hmm. um, I wouldn't mind the Dickens having a bit more of a tally to the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's see what the boys think of the poll. Um, we're heading towards the... The bottom of the pod here, Mork. So let's go into the round two tips. Mm-hmm. Who's taking home the chockies next week? Um, so let's bring up the round two fixtures here. From the top, uh, we have Mr. Suicide himself, Pubic Life, <laughs> STI FC, coming up against Jumbo Seafood Away Lee Special. Now, this is lowest yeah. scorer from last round versus yeah. highest scorer from last round. Yeah, this is a big, big, um, little bit of cardboard box. <laughs> I I think it'll be hard for Dinger to bounce back from last week. Um, if he if he is a corpse in his bath with razor blades around him, he won't even be able to pick his team either. <laughs> I don't think he's given anybody his password. Um, so it's I, I mean hard to see John not getting up over Dinger this week. Yeah, I had to agree with you. I think John's got some problems to fix. I think he'll definitely bounce back into the nine hundreds, mm. but I think he'll have a hard time patching. He's way back up to the level that John's at. John's team's looking pretty hot to trot. Mm-hmm. Um, but much, much stranger things have happened in fantasy footy. I wouldn't make it a um, dead rubber, but yeah. John for mine as well. Yeah. Then we've got the um, the old brothers from the studio. It's the crab and the chicken back at it again. This is always a hotly anticipated uh, matchup each year. Mm-hmm. I think my team leaves much more to be desired than Ben's. <laughs> I have to be honest. It pains me to say it. You put it nicely. But I do think my mids can only go up from where (laughs) they were last week. Mm. So I think think similar to my take on the John and um, Dinger matchup, I think it won't be too big a margin, but... Ben's got a lot more going for him. Yeah, I think think you're right. I mean, his forward line... Can fall down with Papley and uh, Grian. Yeah, I think he got lucky his, with Papley his, and Mines. Yeah, his, his, uh, his midfield is just very strong, though. Strong. Um, and Riley O'Brien showed up 50 points yeah, this week, so yeah. Ben could have easily been 1100s. Yeah, I think, unfortunately for yourself, Jared, I think Ben's going to get up. No, I have to agree with you there. Um, and after that, we've got the Claw yourself taking on um, the reigning Dickens champion, Nathan Amaral from the Bowdens. Mm-hmm. Um, now what's going on here oh that's right he's looped that in I was going to say what's got a zero on the field um, oof, what do we think about this one look with the the McRae and the Dunkley one-two punch 
it's, yeah. al- it's always going to be a, a tough battle this, this, this year. Mm. Um, again, but, you know, for myself last week or the week that we were just discussing, you know, I was Vlosten and a normal Gorn score away from a very nice score as well. Yep. Um, I like my midfield, Petrarca, Parker, McCluggage, mm-hmm. big backups on the bench with Kerno and Billings. I think it could be not a bad game, but I unfortunately I'm not sure I can get up. You're not tipping yourself after that pump up. No, uh, I think I think the Bowdens are. I hate to say it, the team to beat this year. I think so too. I'm still backing my um my round one call that Nathan has the team to beat. I agree with you there, and I think he's only um victim of Kenilio Kennedy O'Meara failing to launch from being mm-hmm. like we said to Ben in the 1100s. Yeah. So I think yeah, Nathan's still too good, but. Again, it doesn't take much for your team to fall apart this season. It's a bit hard to pick after one game. But, yeah, Nathan for mine as well. Kyle and Sam. Um, I think this will be a close one. I'm looking forward to the side that these come up with because they were the um, CrossFit or... What was their side last year? Um, Sam goes to CrossFit or Kyle. Do you remember that? I do, but I can't remember what the other thing the other was. was. Great side bet. Um, can't remember having doubt of that, actually. I think this one is another fucking tough one to pick. This is going to be a tough round of footy. I think with Danger being out... Um, True. For Kyle, Who's coming in for... Oh, oh Nick Hind. That will hurt. <laughs> Nick Hind coming Hine, in. If Hind gets another Hunji, then... Oh, but he's got Ainsworth on field, right. so he needs to replace. Mm. Ainsworth will go for someone. Mm. But, but then, you know, Mandalorian, he's like Nankervis, he... Never fires, um, <laughs> really. If I'm if I'm being quite yeah, honest. The tank. Well, um, the talk was that Nagel's in for a big year with the Van Soldo being out. So yeah, Sam's obviously yeah. going. You beauty picked him yeah. up, starting rock fifty five. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I, I don't think he's going to score well. Mando's backline is one of the strongest in the comp, in my opinion, with Lloyd and Saad. Yeah. Saad yeah. had a solid year last Saad year. Scored big again. Yeah, on the weekend. Um, Fucking can run. Dustpan up front, his midfield solid with Cripps, Lions, and Taranto. Um, again, I think this is going to be a really good match. Uh, however, I think Mandalorian may just get up. All right. I am going to go different than you for no other reason than I want to mix it up. I'm going Kyle. So at least one of us can be wrong somewhere. And mm-hmm. then we've got two games to go here. Janitors and the Fishers. Um, Tim versus Meraki. I think Meraki's good. Mm. I rate him Rocky for mine. Yeah, um, I'm just looking through those midfields. They're very evenly matched up. I, they are. I really yep. like it. I think this is going to be a good one. But I am actually going to go the uh, the converse. I think the janitors are going janitors? to notch a win. Well, I think Fishers with Baker um, were really held back this week. I think it's going to be huge. And then the last game for the round two is LBA looking for redemption after a stinker of a first round mm. against the Scoopers. Also a stinker of a first round, really. Yeah, so these two boys will be hungry for a big score, hungry for a win. Uh, I think Simo has an uphill battle ahead of him. He's got the crouch hole, the defender hole. Jeez, mm. I don't know. He's already made some moves, actually. He's already put Simkin on the bench. So yeah. he's shuffled his team around. He's already looking at what to do for next so, week. Side bottom's still out for uh, yeah. the scoopers, though. They've both got issues. They've both got personnel issues. Mm. Um, I think the scoopers are going to get a win this week. 
I think it's hard to tip this early because you're not sure what they're going to do with their teams. But Younger with you, I think Simo is going to be a late start to the season. I think he's going to have a few weeks to get his um, men back and ready. Matt Crouch is out for an indefinite period but he's groin. Mm-hmm. That what the, um, he's going to do with his back line. Whereas Zach's just got that side bottom one issue to fix. Yeah. So I think um, Zach's got the easier issue ahead. Simo can uh, use the Grundy vice loop. Week in, week out, though, yeah. usually. Because uh, Cody so, would always play that yeah, yeah, early, time. earlier games. So that is what he has going for him. But, yeah, I think I think the scoop is going to get the win. Look, I'm losing faith in Brady Grundy. Obviously, a quiet 2020 with the hub. And he's failed to really hit a big score at the start of this year. I need him to prove to me that he is still um, King Dick. So, we'll see. Mate, that's the predictions for round two. Um... And I want to finish on an old segment that was much loved last year and has fallen by the wayside, which is things we're grateful for. I'm grateful for, um, actually, no, this needs a particular song to play gently in the background. Mm. You need this song on every time you do the grateful section. It's a mood, isn't it? I'm grateful for um, apple and cinnamon hot cross puns uh, being back in Woolworths. It's good time here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm uh, grateful for on the on the topic of Easter eggs. Easter eggs being in the shops <laughs> for actually the twentieth week in a row now uh, because they bring them out in October every year. Morgan has brought a uh, Cadbury Dairy Milk eighteen hollow hunting eggs box to the podcast this week. We've got through a fair few. We've we got we did one, a, two, three, good four, 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 six, seven. We've gone through at eleven. I think I heard about ten. Uh, I'm grateful for uh, Stefano De Pieri. Uh, he's an Italian winemaker from the Murray River, and he makes a beautiful drop of experimental Cabernet Sauvignon with Tempranillo. And I'm grateful for the sound that it makes when it goes through the aerator. We'll do a quick sneak preview here on the pod. <laughs> it actually sounds like my cat catching a. <laughs> Catching a frog in the backyard. That's <laughs> what that sound reminds me of, Jared. Um, another thing that I'm incredibly grateful for is technology. It, <laughs> it has allowed us to record this podcast, uh, allowed us to you know, seamlessly go between songs, fade in and out. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. The editing team, I'm grateful for them. <laughs> they do a great job every week. <laughs> Um, they'll be pleased that Beyond Blue is the new sponsor, actually, because they will get mm. a cheeky little pay rise, I think, because they, um, they, yeah, they certainly have. Um, on the topic of technology, uh, grateful for screen time. Mm-hmm. Uh, daily average last week, five hours and 38 minutes, <laughs> which Christ. was up from the previous week of four hours, 33, <laughs> purely due to fantasy footy. 100%. Um, Rumour has it that... Dinger's most used app is AFL Fantasy and AFL Live um, <laughs> while he was up in Broome in the, uh, oh, yeah. the business suite, uh, the, <laughs> the only room with internet in uh, the, the whole place he was staying. Uh, that's what I've heard. Uh, an hour 39 of uh, AFL Fantasy last week according to my phone here. Wow. It's not bad. It's not bad. So we've got time for here at Crab HQ. We're just going to play this one out. Can I leave you with one final thought, Jared? Oh, do hit me. <laughs> uh, so, this didn't get enough 
broadcasting time when it happened at the draft night. Uh, Jared was looking at the wall uh, at the shoe and there was a big picture of the Horseshoe Bridge, oh, yeah. uh, the old Perth City. Lovely photo, if I'm honest. Great photo. Great photo. Great photo. Jared has been staring into space. He's turned and he's, he's looked at me. He's finally come, come out of the void and he said, <laughs> you know, I only just realised why it's called the shoe <laughs> because it's right next to the Horseshoe Bridge and I cannot believe that that didn't get enough attention at the time because why the fuck else would it be called the shoe? <laughs> I want honest answers only in the chat tomorrow. If you already knew that or had already come to that realisation... I guarantee there'll be at least one other bloke who'd never thought of that. It never even crossed my mind. I sort of, I don't know. I never thought anything about it. It's just the shoe. <laughs> and now you mentioned it, weird fucking name for a bar. Yeah. If it wasn't for the bridge. Um, and grateful for shoes. They allow us <laughs> to do a lot of things that you know, our ancestors probably wouldn't have been able to do without shoes. <laughs>